It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman, LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the Box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you from Corner of the Galaxy Studios on Monday, November 12th. The LA Galaxy now firmly planted in the offseason, still on the hunt for a general manager or for a coach, and deadlines are fast approaching. Joining me back uh, in the studio for today, we have, of course, uh, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kevin, how's it going, buddy? Hey, I'll start off with a story that you probably never heard before. Yeah, what's that? You know, um, when I left the Times the first time, I went to the Miami Herald, where I was not a sports writer. I was uh, actually the arts editor. It means I was in charge of all arts coverage, theater, how, fine arts, How did dance. you ever get that job? I know, I know. Da- I was in charge of dance coverage, the opera. I'm a big opera guy. You, I, anyway. You, you, seem, so, you seem like it. Yes, continue. Yeah, I'm a, yeah d- dance was my least favorite. Anyway, a visual arts. I love the theater. I really do. I love the theater. Go to the theater a lot. Going to a play this, or going to the theater this weekend in Palm Springs. But I tell you that to tell you this, that Miss Panda and I are clearly culture vultures. Yes. So last weekend... Uh, we went out to see a play uh, that starred a uh, longtime Galaxy season ticket holder and current Galaxy season ticket holder, Meg Wallace, who is a big fan of the podcast. We went out to see her in a, in a play called Anatomy of a Hug at the Sherry Theater, which is on Magnolia in North Hollywood. And this is a shameless plug. The play was awesome. And the best part of it was our tickets were $10 and there was no COG discount. Uh, okay. um, a great play, a really fun little theater a really moving play. It's only 90 minutes. Uh, you guys should check it out. The Sherry Theater, a place called Anatomy of the Hug, and you'd be supporting uh, Galaxy Soccer fan Meg Wallace if you went there. There you go. See, that's good. I like that. All right. All good All good stuff. Uh, that was fun. All right. Um, some some not-so-fun stuff. Uh, yeah, a lot of not-so-fun the, stuff. The last time you and I talked, it was just before the LA Galaxy's media availability on a Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., uh, you and I talked on Monday night. We put out our podcast saying that maybe we'd find out something about Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Maybe we wouldn't. Um, I think that, you know, I, I did a fairly good job of recapping that. Again, this is going to be my shameless plug. If you haven't listened to Thursday's podcast, it is probably one of the most informative that you will listen to just based on the fact that we played uh, so much audio from that particular media availability that y- you're not going to want to miss that. Yes, it was a lot of audio. I think at one point, Kevin, I had 41 clips pulled from wow. that particular uh, media thing. And we got almost an hour's worth of media uh, of, of players talking to us of actual recording time during that uh, during that time. So uh, if you missed it, uh, you got to go back and listen to Thursday because that provides a bunch of insight into what Chris Klein is thinking, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Um, and then uh, we followed up with a little bit of Roman Alessandrini in there as well. So... Uh, between all that, there's some stuff that sort of plays into all the things. But Kevin, uh, you and I did not know this whenever we recorded on Monday, although we you had hinted at it many times. In fact, you flat out said that you didn't expect uh, Pete Viennis to make it uh, through this offseason. And as you and I are are transiting to the uh, to the press conference or to the media availability on Tuesday morning, the LA Galaxy put out a press release saying that Pete Viennis had been fired. So I wanted to go back over. This is not news to anybody, uh, but I wanted to go back over with, with you and I talking a little bit about it just that way we can sort of wrap it up and and really you know point and, and sort of show how that falls in the whole galaxy hierarchy of decisions and, and bad decisions good decisions all that stuff well yeah i mean i the reason i thought it was coming is because this two-year reign of error 
that the galaxy are in the midst of. When you look at the principals in the front office, you have Dan Beckerman from, he's the CEO of AEG. He's the guy that essentially signs the checks and, and approves or disapproves everything. He is not going anywhere. So when you say, okay, you have this two-year bad streak, a club record, 30 losses in two seasons, somebody has to go. Uh, so Beckerman's not going anywhere. Klein, Chris Klein, the team president who just got a five-year extension last year, so he's one year into a five-year extension, He's not going anywhere as long as Beckerman is there. Beckerman loves him, thinks that uh, Chris Klein is a, a well-spoken guy, looks good on camera. He likes him as the face of the franchise. So Klein's not going anywhere. Um, Jovan, who would be next, uh, he's safe as long as Zlatan's there because he's sort of, for better or for worse, becomes Zlatan's babysitter. He's the, the Zlatan whisperer. So he's not going anywhere. So when you decide that you need to – to have a scapegoat, those three guys are safe. There's only one guy left. That's Peter Vianis. He was, you know, in the game of musical chairs, he was the guy left without a, a place to sit. And, uh, you know, wh whether you think he did a good job or a bad job didn't really matter. He had to be the fall guy and it didn't take long for them to do that. And it was interesting to hear, as you noted in the podcast Thursday, interested to, uh, to hear Zlatan talk about how he wanted some uh, changes made. He wanted the team to put together a winning front office and it, it seemed as if the the timing, at least, of, of Vianis's firing comes in response to Zlatan's demands. Yeah, uh, up to a certain point. I don't know. This this feels a lot like the Kurt Anolfo firing, Kevin. It, it was you and I had covered Kurt, and we had talked about different things, or, you know, relating to Kurt and, and what he was given. Um, and unfortunately, whenever you look at it, he was given, you know, as my son would say, a big bag of nothing. Um, and his big bag of nothing ended up costing him his job, really, I would say, through through mostly no fault of his own. Um, a roster that was put together by Pete Vianis, by Jovan Karofsky, Chris Klein, uh, those guys in charge, Kevin, those were the guys who put that roster together, and Kurt Anolfo was, was, was tasked with making chicken, chicken salad out of chicken other stuff. Um, so having, having done that, he gets fired as sort of the sacrificial lamb, and nothing else is done in that offseason besides bringing Siggy Schmidt in, um, giving Siggy Schmidt some time, and then, uh, of course, firing Siggy Schmidt not all the way through the season as well. So you're, you're getting these sacrificial lambs, and it doesn't seem to me, at least in my eyes, to be pointing to the actual problem of the organization. No, and, and Chris Klein keeps talking about how they're going to have this deep evaluation. Everyone's going to be evaluated, and they're going to, they're going to, everyone's going to have to come in and face themselves in the mirror and talk about what they've done, good or bad. That that clearly is not happening. They're they're just basically trying to to to, to you know shovel some of this stuff under the carpet and move on as this, and, and nothing really structurally changes. Um, you look at the front office now, and you I've talked to one front office employee who says. You know that there's a lot of anxiety in there that no one knows what's going to happen next. They are going to bring in somebody there. They've talked about bringing in a new general manager or someone that would be a, a president of soccer operations. Um, I think more front office people are going to go. I think, you know, the fact that they fired Ziggy. So I think, you know, Kurt Schmidt, who's right now is kind of the only adult in the clown car. I kind of expect him uh, maybe to leave, not not necessarily to be forced out, but just to leave of his own accord. So I think there will there are definitely going to be more front office moves. There may be more front office departures as well. This is by no means a settled thing, and the Galaxy are running out of time to settle it because there's a lot of player personnel decisions that need to be made in the next few weeks, and the Galaxy don't have a general manager, and they're waiting for that. According to Chris Klein, they're waiting for that person to set the tone for what comes next. Who will be the manager? What kind of uh, style they're going to play. And then when you decide that, what kind of players fit that style? 
then you decide that and you decide, is Roman Alessandrini expendable? Is it Gio Dos Santos that you have to buy out? You have to create a spot to keep Zlatan. So there's a lot of decisions that can't be put off much longer. Yeah, and I don't want to sit here and pretend like I'm defending uh, Pete Vianis because I'm not. Um, I don't think he deserved to be in that position, and, and it's no surprise to me that he's exiting. But at the same time, there's bigger issues, and, and you pointed that out. You know, the Chris Klein coming out and saying, you know, we need to figure out a direction. We need to figure out, understand, you know, what we do as a club and, and how we play soccer and who the LA Galaxy are, really. And that's a vast departure from the from the arrogance that was spouted during, you know, Kurt Anolfo coming in and saying, we are the galaxy. We're always going to be about winning championships. I mean, it seems that, you know, that wasn't taken to heart. Clearly it wasn't. Um, so now you have this sort of, you're, you're in a holding pattern now. This is the scariest part, I think, for Galaxy fans and everybody else who's sort of paying attention to is that Pete Vianis getting fired does nothing to clear up any of the issues that the Galaxy have in the front office. And by adding in another person now, somebody who, uh, who you don't know who it is, you don't know what style they want, and Chris Klein flatly dis- declined to comment on so many things, um, especially whenever he was asked about Giovanni Dos Santos and whether or not he wanted Giovanni Dos Santos back next year or whether or not uh, you know there could be a possibility of buying out Giovanni Dos Santos' contract. He flat out wouldn't answer and said you know, that was really going to be up to the person who's coming in. So this person coming in is going to have now, I mean, just a matter of you know a week, two weeks to really get settled in and then have to make major decisions based on the, the history of this club and if it's from anybody outside the league, Kevin, you have to imagine they have no idea or at least haven't been closely following the Galaxy situation to understand what worked and what didn't work over the last you know, 12 months. Well, and when you hear Chris Klein talk about the team has to decide what it wants to be, what kind of structure internally and externally it's going to have going forward. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I see that and I say this team is 23 years old. This is the most accomplished franchise in, in the history of U.S. professional soccer. And after 23 years, there's no club culture. They don't know what they are, or what they stand for. That's scary to think that it's fallen that that fast. And another indication of perhaps uh, the fact that it, it it's fallen quickly is the reports that came out last week after that media availability was that the Galaxy had focused on Dennis DeClose, who used to be uh, in charge of soccer operations for Chivas USA, now is in charge of national team program for for Mexico, for the Mexican national team, he was the guy that they wanted to bring in. He was going to be the general manager and the guy in charge of soccer operations. I was told last Tuesday that they had offered him the job and that on Wednesday morning, uh, so this is a week ago, on Wednesday morning that they were negotiating contract term. The Galaxy denied that. Um, and I was further told by a Univision reporter that uh, the close had actually turned down the job. So now you have people turning down uh, an opportunity to come to the galaxy. Now, I, I don't know that, you know, you could wake up tomorrow and, and he could be the guy that was signed because there is legitimate interest in that. But here was a guy that talked to the San Jose earthquakes and now he turns down a job with the galaxy. If that proves to be true. And again, I'm, I'm not confirming it. I'm just telling you what I heard, but if that proves to be true, that's another damning indictment of the galaxy that, uh, Guys are interested in going to San Jose, but not coming to the Galaxy. Yeah, and I'll I'll go to to this. You know, just in the terms of how Chris Klein was speaking, I left the Tuesday media availability understanding that I felt like a hire was was imminent, like it was going to happen pretty soon. Um, and I now feel that all momentum in that direction seems like it's really slowed down or crawled to a halt. Um, so if they did indeed target uh, DeClose, if they did indeed offer him a contract, and he said no. You know, did they burn any bridges just trying to get to Tecolos? And now where, you know, is there a complete regroup that's happening? I mean, you could be seeing the LA Galaxy season literally fall apart right now, Kevin, before it's even had a chance to get off the ground. 
Well, I, I agree with you. And this is why I do. Again, I want to be really you know, careful. I wouldn't write this in the paper. I'm talking about it on the podcast because it, I kind of feel it's a little more freewheeling here. But I felt when I left that press conference on Tuesday that, you know, there would be a hiring soon. And when, so when I heard the, the close stuff, um, I felt that that was what they were talking about. And when, when I heard that the contract was being negotiated, I called the Galaxy and tried to get comment. And, you know, they refused to say anything about it. And I said, look, if you're telling me this is not going to happen, I do not want to wake up tomorrow morning and get a press release from you saying that the guy is signed. And they said, we, you know, we'll tell you, we can tell you right now that that is not going to happen. And that kind of led me to believe that, that, yeah, maybe he had backed out of the contract. Maybe that's true. And another guy, I believe, uh, strongly, has been, his name is out of the, the race now, is Greg Berhalter. I spoke to somebody very close to Greg Berhalter today, and, with, and I expected this, actually, but it, this was confirmed, that with uh, Columbus Crew now out of the playoffs, uh, the U.S. national team job is no longer a distraction. You know that Greg Berhalter has been a target of the national team and the Galaxy for a couple of months now, but has not talked publicly about any of that because, rightly, he did not want to make that a distraction for his team in the playoffs. Well, Columbus is out of the playoffs now, and I'm told that the, the negotiations are accelerating and that he could be named coach of the national team virtually any day now, certainly by the end of this month. And so when that happens, he's uh, no longer a target of the Galaxy either, which takes – that would be if the, the close thing is true and Berhalter does sign with the national team. That That's two of their targets that now – have taken themselves out of the race. Yeah, and if we were going back to, uh, you know, possibly with Caleb Porter, you would expect that he would have a general manager on board. So who's that general manager going to be? We had heard about Bruce Serena. Uh, we had heard Todd Donovan, but neither of those right now, Kevin, seem like they are uh, realistic options for this general manager job. And in fact, I would almost, you almost have to distance yourself from either of those names saying that that neither are, are under any type of consideration, or at least it feels that way. Well, the Bruce thing, you know, always felt a little strange to me. And, and I felt like Bruce's name was sort of out there, but no one was really confirming it. And I, I got the impression that the Galaxy were using that as cover, that as long as somebody with the uh, with the respect and the gravitas of Bruce Arena, as long as their name was still somewhat associated with the Galaxy, that was good for the Galaxy. The Galaxy didn't have to confirm or deny anything. They just had to let those rumors stand. And I, th I think that they did that, uh, you know, to their benefit and perhaps to the detriment of, of Bruce a little bit, because if he's not being really considered for a job and he doesn't get it, then the perception is that he was turned down, that he offered and was turned turned down. I, I don't know that that's the fact, but I'm saying by allowing his name to be associated without really being serious about hiring him, I think maybe the Galaxy was trying to trade on his reputation a little bit. I do think the Bruce train is gone. I don't know that either side was super interested uh, in any case, but you're not hearing any of that uh, conversation anymore. I think the Galaxy has moved on. But, you know, every time you you cross a name off the list, obviously the, the, the population, the talent pool of people you're looking at gets smaller. Yeah, and the the real big issue here is that there are dates upcoming. I mean, and, and we talked about it, Kevin. Uh, you know, there are dates upcoming. The Galaxy have to start making roster decisions. This is not something that they can afford to sort of sit on the sideline and wait for. So uh, paying attention to what the Galaxy are doing right now and maybe the indecision, and it feels like indecision. Maybe it's not. Maybe they know exactly who they want, Kevin. Uh, maybe they know exactly you know how who they're going to get, and they already have a head coach you know generally in mind. Maybe they have all this stuff lined up, and they're just waiting for all the cards to sort of fall um, you know at their feet and, and and make those decisions. But right now, it feels like 
Uh, just like they had to evaluate the decision of who they were and what they're trying to do, uh, they're also trying to evaluate the decision of uh, you know who they're looking for and and what kind of general manager they're looking for. And this just it seems like it, 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 even the even if they're going about it the correct way, Kevin, which I believe that you should hire a general manager first, and that GM should have a say in hiring the coach. We we said that since uh, Siggy Schmidt left. Um, having said all that, it feels like they're going to be plan- they're going to be vying for second best for these things now, and not their first choices, or maybe not prudent choices. It certainly is is a is a confusing time to try to pin the galaxy down to any certain direction. Well, when you say perhaps they have all this lined up and perhaps they're just waiting to pull the trigger, I have to say I don't have a lot of confidence. The mo of the last two years does not lead me to that conclusion um it leads me more to the conclusion of they really don't know they're they're just shooting into the sky and really have no idea uh, when their bullets are going to come down they they just seem completely lost and so then i would say that with this current group you have chris klein dan beckerman jovan dominic is still around but unless they have uh, solidified his position um, I don't know how much confidence he has in making any decisions he, if he doesn't know what his future is. So with, with the people that are still in the room, who do you have confidence in that's going to make those player decisions? Which which guys do we offer contracts to? Which guys do we let go? There's a you know a few guys that are out of contract. Sebastian's out of contract. Legit is out of contract. Uh, Boateng's out of contract. Uh, some guys with options coming up. Uh, Romney's out of contract. Steris has an option. Who, who do you look to and say, yeah, this is the guy I want making those decisions? I'm not sure that there's anybody in the room right now that that um, wants to make those decisions, first of all, because they don't know where the team is going, and maybe even it, not totally conf- competent to make those decisions that's at this point. Well, well, again, I go back to the, to this sort of question for you, Kevin, is that, okay, let's say that you're willing to let, have somebody else come in and make those decisions right now. Again, if it's anybody from outside the league that hasn't been paying attention to the Galaxy, that doesn't know that, yes, uh, Jorgen Shelvick, Shelvick makes a million dollars, but uh, generally last season he was a bust. Um, whether or not you think that he can recover next year, I mean, are you going to make decisions like, oh, well, the Galaxy don't need a guy like Dave Romney, uh, but we certainly need to keep a guy like Jorgen Shelvick. Um, you know, those types of decisions, the intimate knowledge of the club and, and who's going to be steering that because the guys who have been steering that have been steering it into the iceberg so far. And we've seen the results of that. Um, well, yeah. you just, you just gave two great examples after Ziggy was fired. Um, I had a chance to talk to him and he told me that he thought George, uh, Shelvick was going to be a really good player next year. He said that he learned a lot this year that his first year through MLS was difficult for him, but that he was, he was beginning to learn and, and Ziggy's impression was that Shelvick would be a good player next year. So if Ziggy's making the decision, Shelvick stays and, and becomes a, a starter. Then when when Ziggy was fired and uh, Dom came in, Romney became a starter at center back, essentially taking Shelvick's position and, and Siani's position went to uh, Steris. So now you have a completely different person who's a veteran MLS talent evaluator making a completely different si- decision. And I say that to point out the difficulty of what you're talking about. If you don't have a lot of intimate um, – even when you do have intimate knowledge of these two players, two very respected coaches. Remember, Ziggy's the winningest coach in MLS history. Right. Dominic is third. So you can say all the things you want about them, whether you'd like them or don't. They have the resume. Two guys, 
look at two different players, come to completely different uh, decisions on them, apparently. And now you're going to invite some guy in from uh, the English championship. And within two weeks, he's going to be up to speed and make decisions on all these players. Yeah, I mean, it's nuts. And it was one of the reasons that, you know, going to somebody like Bruce Serena made a bunch of sense uh, with his knowledge of the league and the knowledge of the players, the knowledge of the organization that made a bunch of sense uh, going anywhere else right now in the short time frame that they have. And again, this is a position now, Kevin, that they have realistically been shopping for since probably just before they let Siggy Schmidt go. Um, so this isn't a surprise. This is nothing new. They've had weeks and weeks and weeks. You've seen the San Jose Earthquakes fire a coach, uh, come in and hire a new coach already, and they're already well on their way to, you know, to looking towards all the decisions that need to Van- be made. Vancouver, too. Yeah, and, and Vancouver, too. And granted, those were head coaches, right, and not necessarily big changes in, the, in general managing, right? But you still have to understand the Galaxy have had time to get this done, and they haven't got it done. Now, they again, it could be announced tomorrow, which will usually happen with our podcast, Kevin. We record on Monday. They'll I'm for sure. Surely they'll announce something on Tuesday uh, yeah, that'll make us. They, delete they, they listen to it and they and they listen to this and they go, uh, "Now nah, let's move. Let's get them. Let's stab them in the back." I did. I did play the clip where you uh, you made a reference and Chris Klein looked at you and said uh, said I don't know where you get your information. Um, and and we went over that on Thursday night. I did enjoy that most <laughs> very, very well. So it was uh, it was an interesting little uh, interchange between you and uh, the president of the LA Galaxy there. Um, I, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I know who I'm talking to and I trust them. <laughs> that's, that's how it, that's how it usually works. Um, so no, I mean, you look at all these different things, the, the galaxy are, you know, a little bit in trouble right now. And we can even go to the off season calendar that was announced by major league soccer and just talk a little bit about some of the bazillion different dates that are rapidly approaching. Um, as a matter of fact, we're recording on the 12th. So in, let's see, in 10 days, in 14 days, the LA Galaxy are going to bump up against the option exercise deadline. This is where clubs that are no longer competing in the Audi 2018 MLS Cup playoffs must notify the league office in writing of a players whose options they are exercising and or players who are receiving bona fide offers announced by the team. So this is this is that option. So you're talking about a guy like uh, Daniel Starris. It is the time when the LA Galaxy would have to announce, Kevin, whether or not they are picking up the option on Daniel Starris. Um, and that is coming up 14 days from now. So whoever they bring in is going to have less than, if they were hired immediately tonight, they have less than two weeks to figure out whether or not uh, they're going to be exercising options on a bunch of different players throughout the club. And, and if they don't have that, or even if they do have that person in, in the building and that person is not up to speed, then who advises them? Does Chris Klein say, let's keep Steris? Is it Jovan that makes the decision? Do they, do they bother to ask Kurt Schmidt? Does he come in? I think it seems to me like if I had to pick somebody from that group, I think I'd be leaning really hard on Dominic. Um, And if, they are leaning on Dominic Kinnear. Let's hope that he has some sort of uh, understanding of what his role is uh, w- with the team. I mean, maybe maybe he's their favorite to be the coach, and they're going to kind of try to convince the new general manager to keep him. But, uh, man, could you imagine if you're leaning on Dominic and then he makes all these – does all the heavy lifting for you in the offseason, and then at, at, at the end his reward is, a, you know, a yellow – a pink slip, you know, and an, an invitation to leave the building. Uh, absolutely. Would, could, yeah, it could happen. I mean, I think that's likely. Um, but, I mean, think about being in the player's position too, Kevin, right? I mean, if we're if we're going that far, think about being Daniel Starris and you're saying, who's making the decision about my option? I mean, I'm sure Daniel Starris has an agent, and I'm sure his agent wants to talk to the person who's making these decisions. And right now, I'm guessing the Galaxy aren't returning phone calls to anybody because they don't have a general manager, they don't have a head coach, and they don't have a plan for what they're going to do here on the option exercise deadline. 
Um, well, that's that's really funny because I talked to uh, one player uh, when the the close thing seemed to be real, and I said, you know, my question was, have you guys heard this? You know that he's going to be hired as a general manager. What do you know about that? And the player's response was, I haven't heard that, and I don't even know who that is. Which will excuse that for the moment. But when I explained to the guy who he was and and what his job might be, the player's response was, I hope he likes me. And yep. you're right. That's what a lot of players are sitting there out there thinking. Hey, if I'm a if I'm a winger, if I'm Roman Alessandrini, is the next coach going to be an attacking guy who fits in with my personality? Is it going to be a porter, a uh, porter who likes to guys going box to box? In which case, Roman doesn't really fit in with that uh, kind of philosophy. And so, does he go to the bench or get traded? You know, these players are trying to decide where they're going to be and what they're going to do next year. And they don't have any idea who's making the decisions about how the team is going to play and and what kind of style and and type of player he prefers. It's, what what's Porter's first name again? Um, um Mr. Porter. What, what's his first name again, Kevin? <laughs> Go ahead, just say it. Just say it. <laughs> Caleb. Panda and Pato in the morning. Nope, that was a fail. That was that was Caleb. Caleb Porter. Caleb. I always I look at it and say Caleb. I don't know why. I don't know I, why either. You would think uh, anyway. It's that's people are always Mr. like Mr. Porter. Pe- people ask. There's two questions people ask now. Is does, did Kevin say uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic correctly yet, or no. or did he pronounce Caleb Porter's name correctly yet? No. No. So, there is a reason why I work in print journalism for the most part. So you don't have to announce. Uh, uh, I don't have to pr- pronounce uh, things. Yeah, and people don't have to see me. That's another real big benefit for the for the readers. I absolutely understand. So, I mean, that's just one of the deadlines that we were talking about. It's one of the big issues that you're sort of coming in. So, you have the option exercise deadline. Uh, there's a half day trade window coming up on December 9th. That is the day following MLS Cup. Um, also, the option ex- option exercise deadline for MLS Cup participants. And then there's a blackout period that takes place on December 9th, uh, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern time. You have the 2018 MLS expansion draft. Kevin, there's an expansion draft coming on. FC Cincinnati coming into the league. Um, by the way, if you want to hear just the craziest thing that MLS ever came up with, I'll, I'll try to explain it here in the most understandable terms that we can. MLS has decided that when LAFC came into this into the league and when Cincinnati came into the league, that they're technically part of the same expansion uh, year even though they came in in different years, that uh, they're part of the same expansion process or the same expansion window. And because of that, um, that the players that were chosen uh, last year during LAFC's expansion draft, um, that the teams ha- who, ha- who lost those players will not be eligible to have players picked from FC Cincinnati in this year's expansion draft. But the funny thing is that... LAFC's players will be eligible to be picked from the expansion draft, which makes no sense if they came in during the same expansion window as MLS says. So if I've confused you, raise your hand. Uh, I'm, I'm raising my hand. Uh, that's just It's just one of those MLS things. But you have an expansion draft that the Galaxy have to get ready for, Kevin. You know you have to protect certain players and not protect certain players. Uh, by the way, I would like to remind everybody for like the millionth time, designated players are not automatically protected. You have to protect them if they have a no trade clause but if they don't have a no trade clause there's no deal that says you have to protect them um i imagine that giovanni dos santos has a no trade clause kevin so i imagine the galaxy will end up uh, uh, protecting him just to get everybody's hopes uh, uh dashed a little bit for that but i mean these are again free agency begins on december 11th kevin you know the w- the waiver drafts begin on december 12th you're talking you know a month from now the la galaxy again have to make serious decisions about the future of their club and they don't have anybody not a head coach and not a general manager in the driver's seat right now 
Now, I know nothing about this expansion stuff. You think I can pronounce names. Ask me questions about the rules. But I know homegrown players that are not on the senior roster are protected. So I assume that they, if they put that language in there, that mean would mean homegrown or academy players who are on the senior roster are not protected. In other words, you have to protect them. Yeah, so what but, do they do with Efren Alvarez? But no, he's he's technically not a senior player, so that's why you. But it, he's on the roster. He is on the roster, but that doesn't mean anything. So everybody gets a gets a a designation, and you're there aren't that many senior roster spots. It's like um, 20, 21, I think, right? Twenty one yeah, or twenty two? Yeah, some. Yeah, I think. Uh, let's see. I have him. Uh, anyway, it says that Efren. I have on mine. I'm sure it would uh, it would designate it. I might be able to actually look it up, but I'm pretty sure he's a supplemental right now and not a not a senior roster spot because he didn't play up with the uh, the senior team and he doesn't get one of those top 21 spots or 22 spots and and that and there's like supplemental um, there's reserve there's uh, a whole bunch of different ones but because he was on loan down I don't think he's a senior roster spot so they don't have to automatically protect him generation Adidas players who haven't graduated are automatically protected or actually they're just exempt from the MLS expansion draft so well, here, here's a couple things on that first of all one of the f- most enjoyable things in all sports is is playing uh, general manager and deciding how to how to set your team up. And when nobody understands the rules, you can't do that. I mean, there's no tr- you know the very few trades in MLS, and no one understands these rules. So uh, the the whole idea of this expansion draft, you know, th- those of us who are fans, we can't sit here and sort of put together our own teams because we don't understand how the rules work. But I I, I will sort of um, buttress something you said about the importance of having somebody in here is this expansion draft is just not protecting players. You you would think, OK, well, you're just going to take the, the best players and protect them. There's a lot that goes into it. Maybe a, a guy like uh, Ari Lasseter, you want to protect him because you know that Cincinnati might take him. But um you know, when you put him on that spot, then you have to leave somebody else off. So who do you leave off? Do you put off a guy like, you know, Gio? You, you know, don't protect Gio because he has such a huge contract. No one's going to take him. So that way you get to protect an extra player that might be attractive to Cincinnati. There's a strategy to it. It's not just deciding who your 10 best players are and we're going to protect them. There's a strategy. Which contracts? You know, maybe a guy like uh, Bajo Husidic. Maybe you put you don't protect him because you – you want him back, perhaps, I don't know, but you feel like maybe his age and the fact that he's getting paid a little bit more, uh, Cincinnati won't take him. So you, you you roll the dice and decide not to protect him and protect somebody else that might be attractive to Cincinnati. So there's a whole strategy to it. And if you don't have anyone in who to dictate that strategy, you're really kind of flying blind. Yeah, I'm, I'm now I'm like 100% convinced the Galaxy are going to name somebody like immediately after we publish this podcast. It just it just seems like it's building up that way. Uh, Efren Alvarez, are, are, are you get, you sound confident? Are you getting the job? No, yeah, I, <laughs> they can't afford me. Um, Efren Alvarez is currently a reserve player in terms of his designation, so he's not a senior team player. And they they noted on the uh, on the availability list that he is quote unquote on loan loan to USL. So uh, he's a reserve player right now and not on the senior list so he would not be need to be protected which that works and, and, and makes some sense but I mean there's other rules that are kind of crazy I, I, I would caution everybody from freaking out too much just because if you remember Kevin the maximum player that any one team can lose is one um, so you can only lose one player uh, granted there are five teams that are already not part of it because they already had players chosen by LAFC back at the beginning of the 2018 season or actually in 2017 during the 2017 expansion draft. Um, so those five teams are, are, are excluded. Um, having said that, you know, there's different rules about international players. So you can't just flood the market with international players. I think you are, you have to make, uh, you can only protect a maximum of, 
uh, three, less than three, more than your maximum. It's one of the, again, it's just stupid rules. I have them on the website. Go to cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can see all the key dates, uh, where these drafts are, and, and I should have links to all the expansion draft rules. There's only five rounds of it. Uh, any team that gets selected and, and has a player chosen gets $50,000 in general allocation money, which is like no money, so that doesn't really help you. Um, there's all sorts of crazy stuff going on, but the bottom line that, that all this comes down to is that FC Cincinnati's coming into the league. They're going to pick five players. If the Galaxy do things correctly, they'll, they'll make sure that nobody's chosen, or at least they'll have somebody chosen who they knew and, and could do without. Um, so all of those things come into the fact that the LA Galaxy need to uh, start making these decisions and have a strategy for it, and right now it feels like nobody's driving the ship, Kevin. That's that's really where this all comes down to, doesn't it? Well, and just a little history on the expansion draft. Just if you think that this is just an exercise that's not important, last year LAFC was the only team that, that ex, uh, expanded. It was an expansion team, so they were the only one in the draft. Their picks, Tyler Miller, number one, he had he started 34 games, including the playoffs this year, had 10 shutouts, pretty good pick. Latif Blessing uh, was a you know one of the star uh, offensive weapons for LAFC this year, had a really good season, uh, had some problems with injuries, but was very valuable, definitely a good pick. Marco Areña, Costa Rican World Cup player, who uh, until he suffered a facial fracture, I think it was in May, had a very good season, very good start of the season for LAFC and was dangerous at the end. And then the last two players, they bundled in a trade to Montreal for Laurent Simon, who was their captain and almost made the Belgian national team, uh, World Cup team. So you can see the kind of players that go in this expansion draft. It is a big deal. And the other thing about your sense that perhaps the clock is, is ticking so quickly that the uh, Galaxy must be very close to making an announcement and will probably do it tomorrow. You remember that podcast, just to give people a sort of peek behind the veil, that podcast we did a couple years ago where it was a long one. It was about two hours and we recorded it and, and uh, talked about issues that were coming up. And then the ne very next morning, the Galaxy made a move that rendered that entire podcast null and void. And you had to delete it. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was going to say that was the technical difficulties one. That was the one where, oops, looks <laughs> no. like something happened. Yeah. And, and what happened was that, that, that all the stuff that we had been told, and, and granted, we should even to peel back the curtain a little more, we won't, we won't go into specifics, but we had been told that something was going to happen, right, Kevin? And then that something ended up not happening. In fact, not happening so much to the point where the, the entire two hours was completely useless. And we dumped the whole thing and said we'll come back next monday uh, i mean yeah that's how i mean i think that was the one where we talked we were absolutely sure they had signed or reached contract uh deals with messi and ronaldo right exactly and then, and then yes didn't do that yeah, yeah. oh it's so close what all what yeah. could have been how could people think that that was wrong? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. It's it's interesting stuff. That's why I, I'm almost positive that this one never makes there. We'll see. If you're hearing this now, we have somehow dodged the bullet for at least long enough to get it out into uh, into print. Let's see how it goes. Um, but no, I mean, so that's where you go. So again, LA Galaxy don't have a general manager. It doesn't feel like they have a plan for one. Although they certainly say that they're looking for one. Uh, the GM is going to hire the head coach. I love people out there right now. Kevin are actually speculating about head coaches. There's fans out there trying to speculate about head coaches when. And, and they're asking me questions of who I think the Galaxy's next head coach is. I'm like, I have no idea because you have no idea who the general manager is going to be. And let's say if they brought in somebody like, let's just pretend for a second as we did last Monday that, that perhaps they would bring in somebody like Bruce Arena and that all of the fences were mended and everybody loves each other and kumbaya, yay. Uh, then who would be a possibility for head coach? I, on the top of my list, I would put Dave Sarakin. 
um, because of, uh, of of his knowledge of the game and his success in coaching throughout multiple different avenues. And, and quite honestly, I thought I think he's been doing a very good job with the U.S. men's national team job in a job that he knows isn't his. Um, so, you know, you're, you're seeing that. So that would be somebody who I put at the top of my list if Bruce Arena came back. But that's not happening, so I can't predict who the coach is going to be. Well, a couple of things on this. First of all, it, Dave Sarakin, there may have been too many bridges built or burnt when he left a, a year ago when they, uh, or two years ago when they actually cut his pay by half and saying that they didn't need an assistant head coach, which is kind of his designation, and, and just really kind of, uh, um, uh, you know, I can't think of a way to say it without without getting censored here, but right. just basically telling him that he wasn't he wasn't worth what they were paying him. It would be hard because it's the same group. It's Chris Klein, Dan Beckerman, same group involved. Uh, if Bruce came and gave him some cover, yeah, then I could see Dave coming back. I think Dave is a good coach, and I think he he wanted an uh, you know title as an MLS coach with Chicago. So I do think he would be a good coach, and and they have an opening, and so it seems to fit. But uh, I think I would be uncomfortable if I were Dave coming back here. But the other thing that just struck me that's interesting about the delay in hiring the general manager and and not making any decisions at all until the general manager is hired you can look at that and say that's a really good strategy we want this guy to be in charge of everything and we want him to uh to you know implement his philosophy and whoever we get we're going to believe in them so strongly that we're going to give them the keys to the kingdom and let them do whatever or it could be we're going to let these guys this guy make the decision because if it goes south then we have a, we have another scapegoat. Pete's yeah. gone now, so we're we're running low on scapegoats. We're going to bring this guy in. We're not going to make any decisions. We're not going to suggest anything. Everything he's going to do is going to be his own decision. And that way, if it goes wrong, we can blame him, and it's not Dan Beckerman's fault, and it's not Chris Klein's fault. Yeah, I knew that's exactly where you're going. Whenever you started going down that path, I'm like, oh, here comes the next guy who who they can throw under a bus if they need to. Um, no, again, just a, a ridiculously fluid, interesting situation that uh, you know hopefully has a resolution here shortly um i'll tell you right now that barring any breaking news there's no plan to have a thursday night live show so uh just you know sort of understand that if there's some breaking news if something happens if we feel like there there's something pointed or, or we hear of anything being uh, going in that direction then maybe we do have a thursday night show um but until that happens no thursday night show coming up uh this particular week all right uh, Kevin, let's uh, let's shift gears just a little bit to some other news that came out. We talked about the offseason calendar, uh, went through p- there. Pete Vianis getting fired, talked about uh, to close and, and possibility of him coming in and, and perhaps uh, not ha- having everything turned down um, and him not coming to the Galaxy and, and being in square one. Let's talk to two things that actually did happen. Um, two little things, maybe a little bit bigger, but we can certainly have a discussion about it. Uh, the first one was that on Sunday's Zlatan Ibrahimovic was named to the MLS Best 11. Uh, this is the best 11 as picked by uh who picks these kevin did you get it did you get a shot at this one i did okay. and, and my team was pretty close most of my guys are on there yeah it's the media uh it's players media players and then it's um they give it a weird designation but basically it's it's staff coaches and assistant coaches right so there's and all three of those are weighted uh i think e- not quite equally but they're, they're weighted in different ways so players media and and coaches and assistant coaches they all vote on these awards and then the, each group is given a different uh different weight and then they added it all up and Zlatan uh for uh newcomer of the year which he also won today yep. and I just I stole that it's, from you it's okay uh, barely edged Wayne Rooney because of the of, of 
the way that things were weighted. He actually dominated in a couple of categories and not so much in the other, but it came out that Zlatan won. Yeah, he did. Uh, Zlatan, Newcomer of the Year. And by the way, the Newcomer of the Year award recognizes players with previous professional experience, but who are in their first year playing in Major League Soccer. So uh, Yeah, I tried to explain that to Mrs. Panda, and she's like, what? Yeah, he's like, Newcomer of the Year? <laughs> on Reddit, people were saying, you know, this Zlatan kid, he he could be something big someday, you know, the Newcomer. And yeah, it's a... It's a it, it, it was supposed to be announced, by the way, last Thursday, but the Galaxy, in, in conjunction with MLS, made the decision not to announce it on Thursday because of the shooting at the bar in, uh, uh, in Thousand Oaks. They felt like any kind of positive news celebrating anything in the Southern California market last Thursday would not have been a good idea. So that was actually delayed until Monday. Yeah, it probably makes some sense in, in that terms. And then with the fires and everything else, I actually was uh, was a little surprised if they were going to do it again today. Um, but they did end up putting it out today. Um, you can read about it. Kevin wrote a good article about it. I think I have an article up on Corner of the Galaxy as well, so you can check that out. Just the player vote. The player vote, Zlatan Ibrahimovic won the player vote. If, you, if you're talking to the players, Newcomer of the Year, Zlatan and Ibrahimovic got just one you know tenth of a percentage point away from 30 so 34.99% of the player vote. Uh, the club vote, Wayne Rooney got uh, 34.31 to 28.43. Uh, the media vote, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, 45.65% over Wayne Rooney's 31.53. So uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, more games played, uh, more time in Major League Soccer, more goals, more assists, all that fun stuff. But Wayne Rooney right behind him in terms of that voting. And then Carlos Vela, uh, Darwin Quintero, um, and then some others down there at the end. It, it gets it gets boring down at the end. So you didn't get a vote for those? No, they don't. They don't let me vote on league wide awards. They, uh, I'm surprised the Galaxy let me vote on uh, on team awards. Uh, sometimes I, I don't know. Well, I voted for Zlatan for Newcomer of the Year and Comeback Player of the Year award. I think Giassi's artist was a very good choice for Comeback Player of the Year award. But um, a year before he entered the league, Zlatan wasn't able to walk, so I kind of gave him the edge there. Obviously, I was not right. So comeback player of the year, I voted for Zlatan. Newcomer of the year, I got that one right. I did vote for Zlatan on that one, and it had Wayne Rooney second. Yeah, by the way, the uh, the difference in that one, if I believe it's correct, it was the media vote. Uh, the media vote turned it to Giassi's artist uh, away from uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So I, I will tell you right now, being I didn't get a vote, that I blame all the, all the dumb media for, for that horrible, horrible choice. I, I honestly, for comeback player of the year, it made 100% sense for it to be Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Uh, as somebody who said about Giassi's artist, who, by the way, is a deserving winner of the award, I understand all the things, but they said he just came back from a crappy LA guy. Galaxy team, uh, which maybe deserves an award by itself, Kevin. He was playing right back last year. That's what he came back from, playing right back, a, a defensive player, and scores 19 goals. So, I mean, he certainly has had uh, the arc of that career as well. Yeah, uh, I, I don't have a problem with that. I didn't vote for him, but I don't have a problem with him winning it. And and you know what? It, it, it all works out. Everyone gets an award. Everyone goes home with something. That's nice. That's a, Participation awards for everybody. Uh, exactly. By the way, Zlatan Ibrahimovic is the first... Uh, LA Galaxy player to ever win the Newcomer of the Year award. Uh, the award started, it looks like, in 2007 is when they go back to uh, in terms of that. So, you know, I don't know. Maybe it's a... Uh Maybe it's something people pay attention to. Maybe it's not something that people pay attention to. But uh, there's some names on there. Freddie Montero in 2009. Uh, Federico Higuain in 2012. You had Diego Valeri in 2013. Uh, Nicholas Ladero, Nico Ladero in 2016. Miguel Almiron in 2017. And so you had Zlatan Ibrahimovic in 2018. Well, here's a trivia question. Yes. Um, he was not on the Galaxy at the time, but now is is part of the Galaxy. Who won two Comeback Player of the Year awards, which is really hard to do. That means you screwed up really bad and came back and redeemed yourself, and then you did it again. 
Somebody with the Galaxy won two Comeback Player of the Year awards for a team that is not the Galaxy. Do you know who that was? I have two. I don't know who it is off the top of my head. I'm going to say Mike McGee. Nope. Okay. Robbie Rogers. Chris Klein of the Kansas City Wizards. Oh, I lose. I lose. I didn't win either of those. Oh, well. Chris Klein, really? Yes. Two Comeback Player of the Year awards. That's interesting. I do not understand how you can win the Comeback Player of the Year award twice. You you have two really bad things that happen, and then you come back from them twice. I mean, there's no... Yeah, I, I, it, that just seems to me just seems very, uh, very strange. Kevin, you have a league that just made up new expansion team expansion draft rules that we've never seen before because they decided that FC Cincinnati and LAFC technically came into the league at the same time, despite the fact them being a full calendar year separated. Nothing yeah. should surprise you. Yeah, Chris Klein won the award for the Wizards in t- 2002 and then again in 2005. Oh, interesting. All right. David Beckham won the award once. Oh, comeback come player, player of the year? What did he come back from? I don't know. AC Milan? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't. It's, again, this, you know what? It's fun looking at the history sometimes. You get to laugh a little bit. I, every time I go back and watch some of the older games, and that goes back to, like by the way, 2014 MLS Cup. You go back and watch highlights of the 2014 MLS Cup, and I sit there and go, God, these guys played so slow. Right, and you look at we're the, the steps are being made in American soccer, Kevin. I can see it. You can see it just in the way that these guys are 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 going about from year to year to year. The the pace of play is quicker. The the skill level is better. You're, you're seeing that now. By the way, the 2014 LA Galaxy was such a great team to watch. And by the way, the 2010 and 2011 and 2012 LA Galaxy teams are still great teams to watch. But you go back and you can see the age of the league. Whenever you go back and watch some of those highlights for me, and, and granted, I would love to be able to sit down and actually watch uh, uh, the 2014 LA Galaxy play after uh, after 2017 for sure. Although the 2018 LA Galaxy certainly were exciting, Kevin. They may not have been good, but they were exciting. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I love looking at the old games for the big baggy uniforms and the long shorts. Yes, that's always fun. Or the shootouts. Well, I did that Maradona story recently, and I had to look at highlights from the 1986 World Cup, and it's the same kind of thing. You just look at that, and yeah, granted, you know, the film that they were using is not exactly up to speed either, but just watching the way the players moved in those old archival footages, uh, footages, uh, old archival films, granted, you know, not that old, 1986, we had TV in 1986, but yeah, it just, it you, you you definitely get the game and see that it's a lot different. Yeah, it is. All right. Uh, let's see. Is there is there anything else? This is an off-season show. We don't have to talk for an hour. There's there's nothing that says that we have to. And quite honestly, I'm not sure that there's anything else we really need to cover. I can do some more theater reviews. That's. I think we're good. I think we're... By the way, if anybody's going to do theater reviews here, it's going to be me. It's not even close. Oh, you are a culture vulture, too. I, I am. I am, which is weird that, you know, although I never had a job actually doing that for a newspaper, so maybe maybe you are the expert. I don't no, know. No, I, I wasn't the critic. I was the one that... that, that it, Sent the critic out to criticize. Oh, okay. That was that was your job. Okay. But you and I should go to a play together and yeah. disagree. And we could be like uh, Siskel and Ebert. That would be awesome. We should have another podcast. Is it, yeah, that's no. My wife said no more podcasts. I'm. <laughs> this is the only one I'm allowed, and and that's it. In the off season, corner of the theater. Yeah, some <laughs> corner of the balcony in the back somewhere. All right. Uh, I think that does it. All right, Kevin, is there anything else you want to touch on? Last uh, last sort of call for this. 
No, I know. I mean, this thing's going in the trash heap. They're going to do something in the next couple hours. We're going to have to throw this away. So what the heck? Absolutely. It's never going to see the light of day. All right. If you're looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. And of course, head on over to LATimes.com. Subscribe to his soccer newsletter as well. Some great tidbits and you might see our podcast pop up there every once in a while as well. So please do that. LATimes.com. Uh, support Kevin for having to run around and cover everything, and he even they, they made him cover Rams football this weekend, too, so just just keep that in mind. All right, if you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at jguessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com where you can still get scarves, and of course, uh, go ahead and read all of our articles and look at all the podcasts there. You can subscribe to our podcast on almost anywhere you get podcasts. Spotify, we're there. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Pocket, any just you name it, Pocket Cast, we're there. Just look for type for Corner of the Galaxy, and you should be able to find us Google Play as well. All right. For Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Gessman, and you've been listening to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com, and we will catch you next time. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy from the box podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. And for all of your independent LA Galaxy news, discussion, and entertainment, including this podcast, head on over to cornerofthegalaxy.com. Fans, thanks for listening. We ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.